1: Today, we're going to talk about fantasies. Last few episodes, we spent a lot of time, heavy conversations around problems and shame. Today, we're going to lighten the mood and get into the world of fantasy. Hey, you're
0: listening to Foreplay Radio for Couples and Sex Therapy, and I'm Lori Watson, your sex therapist.
1: And I'm George Fowler, your marriage therapist.
0: We want to take a wide lens on sexuality and talking with you about what we've learned as experts in the field on how you bring your body, your mind, and your brain to the sexual experience.
1: We want to expand people's perspective of just talking about sex, that it's not something to be avoided, it's actually something to embrace and to lean into. With an openness to be changed by what you hear.
0: So exciting today that we have a new sponsor, uberlube.com, which is a great lubricant. And I want you all to remember that lubricants are not just for the act, they're especially important during foreplay.
1: So, I guess the first thing I'm thinking about with fantasies is assessing does this fantasy, either partner's fantasy, Is it something that strengthens their emotional bond, their connection, or is it something that creates more distance? Mm -hmm. I'm always trying to keep it simple. Does it increase the levels of engagement between the couple, or does it actually decrease the levels of engagement? Mm -hmm. Is this fantasy a bridge that brings them closer together, or does it become a block that actually leads to further separation?
0: Okay, I like that. I I like that distinction because fantasy can do all of those things. I, I think... The fear that comes up when people hear the word fantasy is there's a lot of fear about is this immoral, is this you know adultery in their mind. I mean, there's a tremendous amount of worry that if they have fantasies that, first of all, it always means that they're fantasizing about somebody else. Mm-hmm. And I don't think that's true. I think that people can have fantasies that are aligned with how they see their commitment, I also think that people sometimes have fantasies that are not necessarily aligned with their commitment and use those to enhance sexuality in a way that still enhances the partnership. So in your world, it would be a bridge, not necessarily a wall. And I know that that's dicey and I'm not telling people how to fantasize. You know, They have to make their own decisions about this, but certainly fantasy, I think, happens whether we want to talk about it or not. Once we open ourselves as sexual creatures to the world, we're going to have sexual ideas. We're going to have thoughts about others other than our partner. I know that when people are first married, they kind of think, okay, that's the end of any sexual attraction. And then they're at a party and it's like, oh, that person's still hot, you know, or is hot. And they're kind of, they can be surprised by that, that they still have that ability to see that. And I mean, I just think it's natural. You You can't shut it off if you're going to be open sexually to the world. And
1: how many couples never have this conversation? I love that we're trying to make this conversation more explicit, Mm -hmm. that what are your values around the fantasy? We're not coming from a more elastic point of view saying it's right or wrong. It's for every couple to decide, you know, what, what feels safe about the fantasies? Are they using it as a bridge or is it something they're kind of keeping to themselves that's leading to further distance?
0: Right. And you know, so many people don't share fantasies. They don't even think about sharing it. And and I'm not saying they absolutely have to. Right. I mean, I think there can be something very exciting about sharing fantasies. As we're married for a very long time, your essential object changes, right? I mean, we're all going to age minimally. So the fantasy of what you find sexually attractive isn't necessarily going to be the ninety year old partner. You you could still have in your mind an idea and an ideal that if if there's enough safety you can share that with each other about what's sexually exciting whether it's in youth whether it's another i mean i think within safety there's a way that we can use fantasies to enliven our life but i think it's really dicey and i think there has to be like you said an explicit conversation around mm-hmm. what's going to be shared i I was in a group and I talked about that I think sharing fantasies is something that can be can lead to better sex and can lead to a sharing of our sexual preferences and ideas and talking is sexy. And so when I shared this, I know that the hus- one of the husbands went home and told his wife about some sexy fantasies that he had from when he was young when she was older. And she was very, very threatened by that. Mm-hmm. And I think he didn't have much tact. He didn't take into consideration how she would feel about that. That she, Her worry, of course, was it was comparative. Mm-hmm. I think for him, he was sharing the excitement that he had and thinking, hopefully, that the excitement about these experiences would liven them up. I don't think he had a bad intent. I don't think he was comparative. So how
1: could he have done that differently? Instead of hitting it with a sledgehammer that led her to actually shut down. Yeah. Right? How could so, he have said it differently? I mean,
0: first, I think it's the conversation about what he's going to share. It's like, you know, would you be interested in some of my memories and some of what has turned me on about why it's turning me on or why it has turned me on?
1: I, I think I, it might be better to just use that we versus I language. Like mm-hmm. I, I was thinking as a way of spicing it up that we both could kind of talk about things that made us feel kind of engaged in a way that would, was more playful and freeing.
0: Mm-hmm. I mean, I think
1: if it's inviting better, her into better. a conversation instead of him unloading his experience yeah, yeah. on her, it just makes more room to see if, hey, can that part of her engage instead of already feeling threatened?
0: Yeah, I like that. That's better. You know, so maybe beginning it that way, I think too, realizing your partner's vulnerabilities. If your partner is menopausal and you're fantasizing about the 20 year old, it's like, how do you bridge that with some intelligence that says, you know, if this is going to threaten her,
1: mm-hmm.
0: okay, how can I edit it or present it in a way that feels to her that she's still included in what I find sexy? Right. You know, so I think some of that, I mean, I'm always all about tact. I don't think that honesty in marriage is preferable. I think tact is weighted over honesty that we have to be careful especially in this arena because it's so hard to take back something that has been said that well you know I yeah I I prefer this lover who had this kind of anatomy you know it's like oh well that's kind of unchangeable right and so if if you're talking in terms of comparison and preference with something that your partner can't ever live up to that's going to be too painful so I think we have to care first about it but i also think a lot of people do have space and room to hear and capture the sexual excitement that a person has felt with others or with what they imagine with others i mean right you know our mind is infinite and and our mind can always be sexual and our mind can always be more sexual so i think to shut ourselves off from our partners fantasies or our own fantasies Really limits in a committed relationship how exciting it can be. So I think that's what's good about fantasy.
1: I love the word tact. You're trying to get people to be more intentional. That this is something that potentially they could harness to bring more energy into their relationship. But if they're reckless with it, it actually can create some harm. Yes. Right. So we wanna we wanna be explicit and intentional about this conversation and getting your partners to see the benefits of it as opposed to just kind of putting something out there quick with impulsively not thinking about it. And that partner has to kind of carry that. Just
0: saying, Hey, I've always fantasized about X. is not a good start to that conversation. If you've never, if you're not having that as a regular part of your sexual life together, not, not a good way to start. Yeah. And you
1: were saying earlier that porn is what kind of fantasy?
0: I think that porn is a borrowed borrowed fantasy. You know, it's, it's we're using somebody else's imagination, the visual image, as a fantasy. And same with, I think, erotic stories for women. Mm-hmm. It's a borrowed fantasy. I I tend to think that what we can create between us and our partnership is going to be the most exciting fantasy because our minds are free mm-hmm. and we're we're playing off of our partner. And so that's always the most tailor-made fantasy. But, I mean, I think bringing the ideas that we get from other people's fantasies, whether it be porn or erotic stories, and talking to our partner about that can make it exciting. I, I think porn is pretty threatening to women. I think that porn can be separating because it's it's so idealized in terms of you know how little work it requires sex to actually take. I mean, it, it's it's generally focused. I think for women, because sex is not as generally focused for them, it's like, okay, that doesn't, it doesn't feel right. So let alone whether you think porn is right or wrong. What I hear mostly from women is it doesn't represent her, it doesn't represent her needs sexually. I mean, porn is not a great instrument of female fantasy overall.
1: Well, I like how we're using porn just as a springboard into two different scenarios. So say scenario one, couple puts on pornography. Husband really needs that to get aroused. Wife is feeling ashamed as it's going on, right? They start to make love. Husband's not present because he's in the fantasy. Wife's not present because she's worried about the fears and what's happening. Mm -hmm. And that porn didn't enhance their emotional bond. Right, right? It, it it actually created a little distress and more distance in it. Scenario two, the couple is kind of both using the porn as a launching point to just kind of get them aroused. It's not triggering the shame, right? That it, it heightens their 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 wanting each other.
0: It turns it, on their bodies. It
1: turns on their bodies,
0: and and they are looking though at each other. They're looking you know? at each
1: other, uh-huh. and then it heightens their presence to be with each other. Sure. Right? So porn in that second scenario is something that actually strengthens their bond. Mm-hmm. So it's really, the, it's it's not that porn's good or bad. It's really what the couple is going to do with it. And what we're trying to empower our listeners is to just kind of do an honest assessment with how are they using fantasy in their relationship? And can they incorporate it in a way that's going to strengthen what's happening between them? Or is it actually something that's creating more of that distance?
0: So say a few words about Men using porn, I think that some men maybe could use porn in a way that it, it does still excite them and they bring and capture that energy into the marriage. I think that's a possibility. I, I think it's not as much of a probability because that's not usually how men use porn to just to get aroused. I, I don't know. Maybe we need to just talk about porn another time. Joy, I, I it's think so it's big. it
1: is important. Men are very visual. Yeah. Right. So if you're making love to your wife and you the lights are out and there's not you're not seeing anything and it's the same thing each night, you know, having that visual that just kind of allows your body to get more aroused, you know, and then you get turned the porn off and you've used it as just like a a boost. Mm -hmm. I don't think that's really going to interfere with. You know, it's actually might increase your ability to. But if you're gonna try moves on, you're gonna trigger your wife's shame. Then it could it could go down a whole different road.
0: Right, and I I think the problem with women in porn actually sometimes women do their bodies do get turned on, but they're not very wired up in terms of their minds and bodies. So a woman can be physically aroused and not mentally aroused. She's not turned on in her mind. Her body is right. And, and men say that sometimes to me. They'll say, but we've used porn before, and her body really gets into it, and I can tell she's turned on. And it's like, okay, but you can't tell unless she tells you she's turned on. You know, her, her mind, for whatever reason, doesn't see it as a turn on.
1: I really like your idea of a borrowed fantasy. Mm-hmm. If you're reading a novel or you're watching porn – I think what what could be healthy about it is it's getting you to anticipate and to expect you're being much more intentional about putting some time aside to allow your body to wake up, Mm -hmm. right? So if you're using that to be more your brain, your body, your heart are kind (laughs) of more paying attention to what's about to happen, you have a better chance of success. So, well, what I'd like to do, we're going to take a break but come back and let's let's hear about some different types of fantasies. Okay.
0: So, we have a new sponsor. I'm so excited about this, you guys. It is a product that I use. It's Uberloop. And you can find it at uberloop.com and that supports us at the podcast if you buy it there. It is a product that I've been using for years. I love it. I do give it to every patient who walks through my door. It has long lasting performance. That means it doesn't get gummy, it doesn't get sticky, it doesn't get absorbed easily into the body. And so it gives you great glide. It's a great feel, especially for foreplay. I recommend the travel pouches as well as the really classy designed glass containers that you can keep by your bedside. I mean, you can leave it out and nobody's going to know what it is. It looks like a perfume bottle. It's so pretty. It's taste free and scent free, which is wonderful. It's recommended by thousands of doctors, it's recommended by Lori Watson, and it's made in the USA. It's really a very, very fine product, something that I think you will enjoy and will bring you more pleasure.
1: Support the Foreplay Radio podcast when you use promo code foreplay at uberloop.com. That's uberloop.com, promo code foreplay.
0: Hey, I want to let you guys know all about George He's written and contributed to several books, and I'd especially like to draw your attention to his book, Sacred Stress, a radically different approach to using life's challenges for positive change. His book is about a mission on how you adopt new strategies and turn stresses into a positive force in your life. And who among us doesn't live with a lot of stress these days? We'll keep you posted as to all he's doing. But George and other EFT therapists all around the country and the world hold couples retreats called Hold Me Tight, which is developed by Sue Johnson, and it helps secure your own relationship. If you'd like therapy with George, find him at georgefowler.com.
1: Okay, I'm excitedly waiting. Lori, (laughs) let's hear about these different types of (laughs) fantasies.
0: That is definitely a male response. All right. so. So talk about like what? What most people talk about, right? Yes. Uh, so I I would say men, top fantasy is threesomes. I think the way I've understood it, well, I have lots of different understandings about it, some which will not be very exciting to you. Um, mommy, daddy, and bad kind of Next fantasy, fantasy next. <laughs> but I think it's most men, straight men, are fantasizing about two women. And it's just this incredible experience of, Two people interested in him at once. Mm-hmm. I can understand how that heightens the whole idea. That sounds exciting. I probably have talked to umpteen people who have done it, and they they do it with their neighbors, and it's a pretty complicated experience. Right. So it's not something I'm saying to act out, but I think in fantasy, I think almost anything in fantasy, if both people can not be threatened by it, could be very exciting to share why and what and how it goes in their mind and the scenario and the story. I mean, that could be a a real way to maybe feel things that they wouldn't necessarily block their intimacy, their commitment, or change their commitment to fidelity. I think talking about things is a way to do that, to talk about what they are excited about. And the threesome fantasy for men is big. I think for some women... It leads to the part of them that is gender fluid, that not everybody is completely 100% mm-hmm. you know, straight. And so maybe they have a fantasy of bringing another woman in the bedroom with their partner. Or a lot of women do have fantasies about being with another woman once. I think there's something different, the variety of that, the softness, you know, the gentleness of that. I always say I'm 100% straight except for Melissa Etheridge. I think she's totally hot wow. <laughs> and I love her. Her music, and yeah, I, I get it. You know, I totally get it. There's some video that she's got out that is super hot. But, yeah, I think all of us are on some continuum of gay and straight, and I think being accepting of that is fun, and then sharing that with your partner about
1: who's hot. Well, again, I think it's everyone's choice and what they want to share, if they want to go in certain areas with their fantasy or not. And right? if you don't want to fantasize about sex with the same partner, then that's totally your your call to make. I think some of the men fantasies you're talking about threesomes or being submissive, or I mean, there are a lot of couples I've worked with where the husband fantasize about the wife having sex with someone else, mm-hmm. right? But in all these scenarios. I, I think the the female is showing high levels of engagement, high levels of passion, yes. high levels of yes. initiation, which yeah. is so often what the turn on is for them in the male fantasy.
0: Right. I, I agree. That's true. That's the fantasy of her with another guy is that some some other man, He's he's feeling incapable of turning her on, but there's some magic that lives inside her that he would be very excited to see whether it's another man that turns it on in her or what. But that's exciting. I think women also have fantasies about being submissive as well.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And I think some of this is about the lack of agency in a woman sometimes. Like she doesn't feel the right to own it herself, and so it has to be turned on. I mean, most of the erotic novels are about that, that she is sort of the object that is suddenly turned on. You know, so And I think a lot of women feel that, like that. And that's partly how, how she needs a partner to be really excited about her in real life.
1: Both fantasies have that theme, right? Mm-hmm. That the other person is so into you, so starting off with that arousal, that that's a big turn on.
0: Yeah, I, I think for most people, married sex that starts after you put the groceries away, there's some disappointment in that. You know, and fantasy is a way to feel again that sense of, you know, wow being turned on at the beginning. I had some friends who used to role play, she told me about this, she was a girlfriend of mine, that they role played everybody from famous people to God forbid the neighbors or something. And she said she would get out of bed and she and her husband would kind of make the bed and it's like, okay, okay, we're we're back to ourselves. But it was you know, it was a way that they could act out all kinds of different parts of their sexual self by having a fantasy that they were actually this is not just in their minds, not just sharing, but they were acting it out. Right. You know, in a role play.
1: So you haven't seen fantasies where each partner says, Well, one partner turns and says, Well, what do you think? maybe tonight, and then both of them undress their own, take their own clothes off. There's no ripping clothes off. You want to do it. You want to do it. Let's turn the lights off. Let's uh, just, we only got a couple minutes. Just a minute.
0: I got to go get cleaned up.
1: So how do, we, I mean, to me, that's always right in the fantasy. You're not taking your own clothes off. right. Right, so, how do we tap into that energy? Yeah, as a as a couple who's been married twenty five years,
0: I think this is one way to do it: is by sharing what you think about, you know, what you want. I mean, it sharing the fantasy leads to some sense of what we can do for the partner too, right? I mean, what they like,
1: and it's so necessary to have that conversation beforehand. Like, if I'm thinking about me and my wife, it's a lot less threatening to role play a famous couple, like you sure. never met them. Who really cares? That's kind sure. of fun. And you're both involved in it together. Mm-hmm. Right. But when you start talking about the next door neighbor or someone else, and it's, you know, it, it brings in a different mm-hmm. level of concern, I guess.
0: Well, and I think there's something different between a fantasy that you're exploring with your partner and intention. Mm-hmm. You know, like if you continue to have fantasies about one person, let's say the guy at the desk at work or something, to me, you're setting your direction. And that to me is going to be a, a wall between you and your partner because okay. you're imagining. First of all, you're imagining how hot it is, and secondly, you know, continuing to think that about any particular person, I think you know your body's going to lean that way.
1: I like the description of a wall. It's for me. It's it's like having a drink. If you have a drink to loosen up, it's great. But if you have twelve drinks, you're going to get into some problems, right? So if right. I have to fantasize about somebody I know to orgasm with my wife, then that's certainly going to weaken our, our bond. Mm-hmm. So-, so, What's the function of that fantasy? Is it keeping you engaged or is it actually? And I think, unfortunately, there is a slippery slope for, for fantasy with a lot of people, that their brains need to fantasy to reach climax, and it actually stops them from st- being present and engaged with their partner. Right, and that's when fantasy starts to really become a block
0: mm-hmm, when it's when it's a threat to the partnership in some way
1: or so, you become dependent on the fantasy which is it means you can't really stay present in the moment in your body emotionally connected feeling your heart connected because your brain is elsewhere thinking about someone else.
0: I hear you, but I work with so many women that feel slightly differently than that. Like, I'm thinking of this one woman, and she just had a particular fantasy. It was the fantasy essentially she used to masturbate to throughout her young years. It was, I mean, she needed that fantasy to get over the edge. Uh, I can't remember. I think it was probably of an early partner. But it was symbolically, I think, the way that we understood it as the couple is it wasn't about him. It was about what she felt with him as a, a new lover, mm-hmm. all that thrill, the, the mystery, the sense of, I don't know what I'm getting into, that, that risk, right. you know, that's what made the, it come alive to her. And so she needed that feeling to kind of really be aroused and reach orgasm. Mm-hmm. So I, I don't know that, that the repetitive fantasy is necessarily going to produce a wall.
1: Well we were talking about this in an earlier podcast around trauma.
0: Mm-hmm. I mean I
1: think if you needed to get over the edge but you quickly can get back into your body with your partner and cuddle mm-hmm. afterwards and experience the afterglow of oxytocin and the connection then you know it's it's not that big of a deal. Mm-hmm. But a lot of times when people have to exit they don't come back. Right? So they need the fantasy to get over the edge and then they feel And then
0: they're wishing that they were with the the partner or something
1: or they Certainly. just you know all right that's done now let's go on to the rest of the day or go to bed and roll over and they don't they don't experience the connection that afterglow that's so critically important for strengthening that emotional bond. Mm-hmm. So right. again for me the proof is in the results that if you fantasize but it strengthens that afterglow and you're in each other's arms and you feel great then hey go for it.
0: Yeah. And regarding the way this woman used her fantasy I mean I I think women need their minds engaged. Mm -hmm. I I just don't think there's enough gas in her body of testosterone that simply sensual touching works. I mean, it did work, but when you imagine, let's say early in a relationship, there is plenty of fantasy that's actually going on Mm -hmm. all the time. Her mind is engaged. And I think that that's how women have libido is they engage their mind. I just I don't know very many women who can in partnership not have some projection or direction in her mind when they start sex. I I agree that she can be willing. I mean, she's probably not wanting yet. You know, mm-hmm. she's willing, but I think the way that she somewhat gets there is yes to be touched, to be aroused. But she has to let her mind go a little bit in that direction, or I just don't think she'll turn on. I, I mean, a woman, women tell me all the time when I'm trying to teach them how to have an orgasm, you know, maybe they're using a vibrator. And I'm like, well, what did you do? It's like, well, I use the vibrator. I'm like, did you think about anything? It's like, no, I just, I, I just use the vibrator. I'm like, okay, well, you're not going to get there. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I think a woman just needs engagement. And I think in some ways that could be fantasy.
1: Sure. So is that fantasy? I don't think it has to be either or. Just because you're having a fantasy means you can't be present. Right. Right. What you're right that's what is we're saying. I need the fantasy to kind of to prime the pump to kind of get me into it, but then I could kind of be present with my partner.
0: Right. right? And mm-hmm. I, if I
1: feel like I need a little bit more, I go back to that fantasy, but then I come back to my partner. Right? It's the coming back, it's the being present that's, that's what's so critical to it being healthy for the bond. Mm-hmm. I think we're all responsible for our own desire. Mm-hmm. We have our own inner worlds that you don't want to lose that. It is about kind of sharing your world and kind of going back into your own world and then coming back to your partner. And it's that dance between the two that's so exquisite and beautiful and you don't really know what's going to happen, mm-hmm. right? So we don't want to just eliminate fantasy because that's not going to work so well. But we also don't want to get lost in our fantasy. How do we do both?
0: Yeah. How do we keep it so that it enhances what we have with each other, but it also enlivens our committed partnership over time?
1: It's good news if you're even thinking about a fantasy because it's pointing you in the right direction.
0: So tip of the day, don't take your own clothes off. Thanks for listening to 4Play Radio. Keep it hot. Hi, foreplay fam! The biggest support you can give us is sharing our podcast with a friend. You can find us also on socials—Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram—and we'd love your questions and feedback. And really do use these to guide our show. We'd also love it if you'd rate and review us. If you're interested in learning more about us and our mission, look us up on our hot new website, foreplayradiosextherapy.com.
1: Call in your questions to the Foreplay play question voicemail. Dial 833-MY4PLAY. That's 833, the number 4, PLAY. And we'll use the questions for our mailbag episodes. All content is for entertainment purposes only and should not be considered as a substitute for therapy by a licensed clinician or as medical advice from a doctor. Seeking the truth never gets old.